0: Hey, everybody out there listening in, this is Shane Claiborne and Tony Campolo. Uh, the name of the show is Across the Pond, because we're, we're coming from Across the Pond, right on the east coast of the United States, uh, just outside of Philadelphia, we, we record the show. And uh, we are talking um, these days about red-letter Christianity. By that, we are referring to the old Bibles that have the words of Jesus highlighted in red. Um, we, we we like asking the question, what if Jesus meant the stuff he said? And we like talking to folks uh, around the world who are living as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. So we get to have a lot of guests on here. We've got a really wonderful guest this week, uh, Dr. Terry Webb. Um, Dr. Webb has uh, uh, done lots of wonderful work we're going to hear about, but she's also just written... Uh, a new book, "Following Jesus in the Age of Trump," and uh, and she told us that the title is in red letters, uh, and so she's very much in line with uh, this red-letter Christianity that is uh, concerned about the the policies and. Uh, rhetoric of Donald Trump, and particularly the complicity of so many Christians in defending uh, the indefensible um, uh, uh, things that are happening in our administration. So welcome, Dr. Webb. It's
1: great to have you on the show. I I do want to add uh, that she has served as a missionary um, 20-plus years as a missionary. Uh, She watched the fall of communism, uh, the return to—and she's watched the return of authoritarianism in Russia— uh, and the violence in East African countries, and that's what's got her alarmed because there are certain tendencies in America right now that looks like what she observed in Russia.
0: And even though, and even though that she she's very concerned about Trump evangelicalism. It's, it would be hard to write her off as as partisan because she's been published in uh, things like Focus on the Family and Charisma Magazine, as well as uh, a number of other things, but uh, uh, far from just uh, yeah. progressive Christian yeah. uh, publications. So it's great to have you, Dr. Webb. Thanks for joining us. And what motivated you to write this book?
2: What motivated me to and, and good morning to everybody. I guess it's um, it's not morning there in in the UK. It's afternoon, but um, uh, you're welcome to to join in and be concerned about the things that we're concerned about in this country. Yeah, um, tell us what motivated me to. Yeah, while you read the book. Me, yeah, well, I I said in the beginning of the book. Uh, And I'll just read it. Many evangelical, Catholic, and non-denominational Christians support President Trump, as well as his promised wall and his other treated policies. When Christians dangerously and blindly follow Trump, they run the risk of co-opting and diminishing Christianity. Mm -hmm. My purpose is to convince them of the deception and dangers of reintroducing them to the historic, creedal, and biblical Christian faith that I have grown up with.
1: Okay, now, Um, uh, we understand that you're an evangelical. Uh, What does that mean with your definition of evangelical, (laughs) and how does it differ uh, from others in America who call themselves evangelicals? I mean, all kinds of people are calling themselves evangelicals. What makes you different?
2: Well, let me just say I was raised uh, as Anglican, and as Anglican, and I understand it, but as an Episcopalian, I come from, uh, four or five generations of energy. So I was raised in the in the faith in the in the traditional Christian faith that we all know and love, and um I call myself an evangelical because even the inspired words in the in the scriptures. In fact, that's how how God speaks to me usually is studying a passage of scripture, and and so that's why I'm an evangelical. Yeah, mm.
1: uh, you know, we. We are using the term more and more, uh, Shane and I are using the term more and more, uh, we're red-letter Christians, because the word evangelical has almost been married to Donald Trump as of late, at least white evangelicalism is. What are some of the issues that you think um, American white evangelicals are not paying attention to in this administration that should alarm them instead of them blindly supporting this president?
2: Well, that was one of the other reasons that motivated me to write this book is that I was concerned about why 80% or 80% of so-called evangelical Christians supported uh, supported Donald Trump, because I saw him as a person without character, as having some very serious mental health problems. Also, I'm a, I'm a professional uh, pastoral counselor by training, so I saw, I saw all this, and I puzzled. So I began to talk to them and and dialogue with some of my uh, fellow uh, evangelical Christians, particularly those in more conservative churches. And I live in an area where there's a lot of conservative Christians who have supported Donald Trump. And I realized that they were his base, and I didn't understand it. So I began to dialogue with them, and I learned a lot in that process of dialoguing with them. And I put some of that dialogue in the Prefaced in my book.
1: Mm-hmm. What are some of oh. the issues? What are some of the issues that alarmed you and that you talk about in the book?
2: Well, first of all, I think that many many of the of the say the conservative evangelical Christians in this country have also are Republicans, and so tended to uh, mix up, I would say, their political beliefs. With uh, with their uh, Christianity, without really understanding what Jesus what Jesus said, what he meant, uh, what his life was all about, what our lives need to be about. So that's one of the issues. The other issue I discovered was uh, was abortion. Abortion is those who who are adamant about abortion will only vote according to whoever approves of of um, uh, who are against abortion who are pro-life mm-hmm. so uh, that was one of the other issues yeah and I mean- those are two two disturbing issues that I found and also there it tends to be as I began to do research and I did a lot of research in terms of what motiv- motivates them and I looked at some of the leaders and i I still have that conversation I spoke to somebody somebody uh, um, the other day who called me a trump hater I said no. I'm not a Trump hater, but I'm very concerned about the the mental health condition of this president and uh, the fact that he is not fit to be president. And so he said. So I I, I discussed with him, and he he said, "Well, I kind of agree with you, uh, but we need to pray for." It. And so one of the things that's happened, I think, in this country, is that. Um, those who there's a there's a core group including Franklin Graham, uh, Jerry Falwell, Jeffries. I've forgotten the woman's name who is also oh, white. his. He just, yeah, White, who just who um, just appointed in charge of his in charge of his initiative. Um, they have been going to pray with him and surrounding him and having radio talk shows. And people are listening to that, and so they're believing, particularly on Fox News, which tends to be uh, very, very uh, pro-Trump, in fact, Bible. So they, they're listening to that, and they're not really thinking and reasoning through, through their faith. In fact, I'm not even sure they're reading the same Bible that I'm reading.
1: It's, it's interesting to note, uh, you mentioned these evangelical leaders uh, coming here around Donald Trump There's a very famous photograph now that's being passed around with them laying their hands on him, uh, designating him as the agent of God, uh, to do the will of God for the world. And uh, they say he may not, uh, in fact, have the character that we want in a president, but he's carrying out the policies that we want in a president. And, and, And I've heard that. And then they come back at me and say, hey, Campolo... Uh, You were uh, notorious for uh, praying with Donald Trump. Uh, What's the difference between them praying with Donald Trump? Bill Bill Clinton, right. uh, Excuse me. Did I say? Yeah. yeah, uh, Excuse me. I was was a a pastoral counselor uh, to Bill Clinton. Thanks for correcting me, Shane. (laughs) But the truth is that that my job was to call him to repentance. He had screwed screwed up his life big time with Monica Lewinsky, and my task was there to do two things, to try to save his marriage, which we were able to do in spite of the horror of those Monica Lewinsky days. And the second thing was to ask him to come back to the faith in Jesus Christ that he grew up with as a member of First Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. So uh, it was a completely different thing. I was calling him to repentance, whereas these guys are saying this is God's man and anybody that opposes him is opposing God. Whoa, that's dangerous.
2: Yeah, and I, and I, that's been disturbing to me, too. And it's almost as if it's, it's, there's something about uh, eschatology, you know, the fact that, that Jesus is coming back again. And I've really been focused on 2 on Thessalonians, um, the second verse, uh, the second chapter, the third and fourth verse, which talks about the man of lawlessness. We have a president who, who, who is lawless who tells all kinds of lies, whose moral character is something that I can't believe that they are actually, that these conservative Christian leaders are actually supporting because they're, it's against their principles. It came out of, of the moral majority, I think, a lot of, the, a lot of these, these folks. And, and their, their policies, they wanted, to get, they wanted to get conservative judges on the Supreme Court. That's another issue um, and the immigration policies, I mean, it's deeply disturbing. So that was, the, that was the reason that I tried to go back and I studied. I went back and studied with a Mennonite scholar. The Beatitudes uh, is what I call the compass of Christianity. Uh, and I went back and, and studied the Sermon on the Mount and, and what, what Jesus actually said and did, and, and the fact that it was in the Roman Empire because the Roman Empire was it was there was a lot of persecution and poverty uh, in those days and and it was entirely different than than what's happening with this group of Christians
1: uh, well you mentioned yeah. immigration uh, what do you say in the book about immigration?
2: I say first of all that Jesus called us to welcome strangers and we are a country of immigrants fact, matthew twenty five came over from from England and, and Wales, and in the early days of this country, and we I talk to people who are immigrants all the time, and we are we're denying the very foundation of who we are. In terms of what the I just went went to visit the Statue of Liberty, and it's so clear that this is so contrary to what, to what Jesus is called to do.
1: We're talking to uh, uh, Mary Teresa Webb. Who has written a book called Following Jesus in the Age of Trump? I'm not sure that it's available over there in the United Kingdom, but you can order it by Amazon, I'm sure. So uh, uh, think about getting the book and see what she has to say as she explores in depth what Jesus meant about being the way, the truth, and the life, and what that implies for Christians who not only believe in Jesus, but uh, who claim to be following his teachings. We follow his teachings. What does that mean for the poor, the oppressed, the immigrant, uh, the person who's knocking at our door hoping to get some help? Uh, and so uh, we, uh, we really are interested in her. She's doing an educational program for churches. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yes. It, it evolved out of my, my dialogue with, with uh, other ev- conservative evangelical Christians. What I discovered as I began to talk to the pastor's book is that there was a reluctance to deal with this as a very sensitive political issue. So I suggested to um, particularly the Mennonites, I said, what about if we do a program which is learning to agree to disagree agreeably? which would look in a conflict resolution manner and a reflective listening manner of listening to the other person's point of view and reflecting on that point of view. So I'm taking this on the road starting in January and I have my first uh, session or my what, exploratory session with a Mennonite church here in the Lancaster area. And we are going to talk about difficult issues uh, such as homosexuality, such as gun violence, uh, which should interest Shane in um, great depth, um, and and other sensitive issues that, that, um, that people are divided on. Because what I discovered is when I began to talk to people, they didn't want to talk. They shut up, and they didn't want to discuss anything to do with what we're concerned about. So well, I'm it, hoping this is going to be an inroad.
1: There's a reason for that in part, is that uh, people don't want to get into... Arguments that go nowhere, and so often when you begin to deal with political issues such as the ones you've just mentioned, um, each side says, "My way is Yahweh. way. My way is right. Uh, you're, I'm right. You're wrong." Uh, what are some of the positive things that you see on the religious right?
2: Well, one of the positive things that I see, I think they have, they have some, some some legitimate concerns and but they're so stuck on their one point of view they can't hear the other point of view our our world is a gray world um we're all sinners uh, redeemed by god and we all make mistakes and and having worked a lot with abused abused people and um and addiction that's been my that's been my focus of my missionary work and in other countries is that we have we have mental health issues, we have addiction issues in all of our countries, uh, and one of the things that I've learned in the first book I wrote, which is A Tree of Life, is is the fact that uh, the the recovery program is based in in uh, basic Christianity came out of the Oxford Group in England, so that's why. That's what I do. I realize our time's almost up, but no, it's well, we have got
0: about ten minutes left, and uh, you know. So I mean, when, tell we, them, tell t- tell the audience yeah, who this so is. we've been talking with uh, Dr. Terry Webb, who uh, has written a, a new book, "Following Jesus in the Age of Trump," um, and one of the things that we've been talking about is trying to create conversation. You just shared an interesting model. Of uh, reflective listening that you'll be uh, doing in in congregations uh, around the country. Um, what I I don't see a lot of people listening well to each other, and and in particular, I I think the gigantic fault line in our country is actually around race. I see a lot of white folks talking to white folks, um, sometimes even white folks talking to white folks about black and brown folks, (laughs) you know, um, but not many people that are, that, that are talking across, uh, racial and economic, uh, barriers. And, um, uh, I I wonder if you, you know, if you saw that as you're, as you're kind of leaning in on the, the churches uh, and Christians around the country, it, it seems even among, um, you know, as you look at the Trump rallies, it, it, you are hard-pressed to find any people of color in these, and folks have said they often can feel like Klan rallies. You know, I mean, you hear people saying, send them back, and I mean, all this, this really hate-filled, fear-filled rhetoric. So, uh, do- Dr. Webb, do you, do you see uh, places of intersection where folks are talking with people that don't look like them around the country, and especially within the church?
2: I think it depends upon the location uh, where you are. I know that the church I've been attending, which is um, a Mennonite church, I've recently gone back to the Episcopal church, but I, I find that as long as you, they accept missionaries, you know, if you have a missionary coming from Haiti or you have a missionary coming from Kenya or Uganda, uh, they're much more accepting of, of the foreigners than they are of, of our own people. And I've been doing a lot of research as you have been in terms of racism. And I have a book about costly freedom that I'm reintroducing because we do still have a, a very strong racism in this country. And it's, it's tragic. It's very tragic. When I go, you know, when I go overseas, these are my, the, the black Africans are my friends, my colleagues, uh, and we see no distinction. But there is this lingering racism, which is is what um, what we know as the original sin of our country is and that's we haven't gotten over it yet yeah so and one of the things
0: it. that we, we we've, we've been need to doing
2: of that all the time
0: certainly one of the things that we've been doing in Red Letter Christians is trying to amplify the voices of uh, of Christian leaders that are not white and that are coming from different social locations uh, than than the kind of dominant white evangelicalism out there. So those of you that are listening in, I'd really invite you to go to uh, redletterchristians.org. Um, there's all kinds of great stuff that you could find there, but if you click on the People page, you'll see just uh, an array of women and men and uh, folks that are, that are really singing the song of of Jesus and justice, and particularly um, that are not just uh, uh, white evangelicals, but that are a, a broad spectrum of uh, folks that love Jesus and love and care about justice. And I, I think that one of the things that that has been revealed by Donald Trump um, is that uh, we're we're not gonna. Uh, find a very good future together until we tell the truth about our past and until we really deal with the residue of slavery and racism that is even— um as we've talked about on this show, is really what gave birth to the religious right um, was not um, just abortion and, and a debate around uh, sexuality, but but was really responding to segregation and really racist policies. Some of our biggest denominations started because they that's were right. on the wrong side of, uh, of of racism in the past. So um, while, while I, I all these wanna, issues I are do important, I think add that's this. kind of underneath it all.
1: I yeah. do want to add this, and I think that... Uh, Mary uh, Teresa Webb, who is the author of this book, uh, that uh, following Jesus in the age of Trump, I think she's ready to agree with us on this, that among white evangelicals, we'll find some of the finest Christians on this planet. That's what makes the whole thing so incongruous. People who we know love Jesus, who pray, who are into the Bible, and are living uh, sacrificially uh, to help the poor and the needy, nevertheless seem to have been swept into this movement that supports uh, a form of politics that seems to be a contradiction to the Jesus that they love. But let us not uh, communicate that we think that white evangelicals are anything but people who are trying to follow Jesus. They, they need to be informed, and I hope this book and uh, Mary Teresa Webb helps in re-educating them and saying, let's read the Bible through the eyes of Jesus.
0: You know, I, I, I'd like to be interested in your, your uh, perspective on this, Dr. Webb, because I think underneath all of this, one of the things that's become really clear to me is that there are some real principalities and powers, some spiritual forces that are at work that uh, it's the only way to explain um, the way that we continue to def- that that we begin to defend Donald Trump's policies and things—it's not just. Uh, I mean, he he himself has said I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose support, and I think it's really clear that that uh, he could do uh, exactly that. So, uh, do you see a a spiritual warfare kind of element in all of this of the principalities oh, yeah. and powers? <laughs>
2: Oh yes, and and I think if you if you go back and read uh, Second Thessalonians, you'll find that that's exactly what um, what was being said back then, which is applicable to today. Is that we are we are in a in a spiritual extreme spiritual warfare, and um, you know it's and I call and there's a new book out too called um, the Trump Cult because we have a leader who is is exhibiting the characteristics of what we call a malignant narcissist. And a malignant narcissist is one who has evil intentions uh, or who has no conscience. And, and I think he's being, he's being used by, by the the Christian right for their political purposes. And that's, that's very dangerous. And so I, I, that, that's what concerns me is, is the fact that this is, that we have, we are in a very serious spiritual warfare, and I don't want to get into the politics of that, but this is this is concerning.
1: Well, your book does get into the politics of that. May I say uh, that I pray for <laughs> Donald Trump this morning? Uh, when I uh, went into my time of prayer, I held this man up before the Lord. Um, he That'll he does seem to be focused on himself, uh, as as you so eloquently suggested. He does seem to be saying, me, me, my, my, I am the greatest. Uh, To listen to him speak, you sense that he is on a very sick ego trip. And yet, this is somebody that Jesus loves. This is somebody for whom Jesus gave his life. And we must be praying for him, and we must be praying for the country that he is influencing, and for the world in which he is. You mentioned eschatology, one of the most disturbing things right now is that the right wing of the evangelical community uh, doesn't see anything wrong with Donald Trump uh, taking over uh, the policies of Netanyahu in Israel and supporting a, pro, uh, a pro-Israel movement against Christians who are Palestinians. Uh, we must recognize there are 6 million Arab Christians and we act as though they don't exist. We're running out of time We've had as our guest, Mary Teresa Webb, her book is Following Jesus in an Age of Trump. I call upon all our listeners to pray for Donald Trump to pray that the Holy Spirit might guide him instead of certain politicians who are moving him in ways that are detrimental to the Christian faith. And
0: for repentance, yeah. That's right. And and for a new job, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listen, uh, we want to promote Red Letter Christians. We want you to go to the website of redletterchristians.org and sign on as a Red Letter Christian saying... I want to take Jesus seriously. I want to live out his values and his principles in the world. We broadcast from uh, Cabrini University, which is across the street from Eastern University, which is the base from which uh, Shane and I have operated for so many years. Blessings on you. Pray for us. Pray for Donald Trump. Pray for Mary Teresa Webb as she does her work in churches and promotes her book. Blessings and have a good day.